From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. With us as uh, we are broadcasting around the world via the uh, Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. So good to have you with us wherever you may be in the world. And, uh, you know, Elaine, one of the uh, things that that we're about, and and I guess guess one of the reasons that uh, a couple of us uh, had had the uh, prompting from the Lord to start ABC some uh, four and a half to five years ago, was we got tired of talking about doing mm, stuff. Indeed, yes. And, you know, I, th- I think our God is a God of action, and certainly Christ gave us words of action uh, before he left uh, this uh, planet to ascend into heaven. He said, go. You know, the active words, go, let's do it. Of course, James talking about... Hey, if uh, if you're not putting feet to your faith, then you, then your faith is dead. And we have the privilege today to to talk to a couple of young men yes. who, and I, and I love their spirit. They, they do it. They get out there and do it. And so we'll be uh, uh, looking at uh, some wonderful things happening in our community, and hopefully it'll be inspiring to you as well. Before we do that, though, let's uh, check in this week with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a word for Jesus Freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. In Romania, a pastor's reading the 23rd Psalm to his family at breakfast when the police burst in. We've come to arrest you, they threaten. The pastor says, you're an answer to our prayer. We just read how God prepares a table before us in the presence of enemies. We had a table, but no enemies. Now you're here. Can we share with you? The startled officers can only say, we will take you to prison to die. The pastor remains calm. We read about that also. Though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. So, friend, what did you read at breakfast today? The sports page or the Psalms? For more stories of courage, go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer, and uh, uh, <laughs> in the hot seat tonight. <laughs> in the hot seat tonight, yeah. pushing all the buttons, oh, all the wrong and, buttons. Oh but, uh, man, that's an adventure, isn't it? It's fun. And of course, with us, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mister Owl, uh, with us as well. Just a reminder, friends, if you'd like to uh, find out new opportunities to serve, you can check our website www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashing doohickey there, a little technical term, and uh, <laughs> and it'll, it'll take you right to uh, some great opportunities. also has a calendar section there. And, again, our mission here is to uh, activate people in churches to personally serve 
the needs of the you know one of the things that that we deal with from time to time elaine and and we we just kind of have to go over this once in a while people will call up and, and they'll say hey i saw that you have a need for a, uh, a washing machine mm-hmm and I just saw a washing machine over there by a dumpster. Uh, you know, it's been there for about a week. Why don't you guys go pick it up and deliver it? Well, you know, friends, remember the, the point of all this is to get the believer in personal contact with the person in need. And, and the question to always ask, and, uh, you know, we're doing this very gently, but the question to always ask is, you know, are, are you donating something that in a condition that you would like to receive it? And my guess is that you probably don't want to receive a washing machine that's been sitting next to a dumpster, you know, for a week. And so that's why, you know, and, and we appreciate, we appreciate your product, productivity. We appreciate your calls. Uh, but we just want to remind you that one of the reasons we don't go to Craigslist and, and just get stuff there and, and, and that we don't dumpster dive for things is, is that, you know, we want God's people to personally contact the person in need. And that's where the stuff happens. That's where uh, they see Jesus with skin on. And so uh, just just a reminder there, you know, if you're donating something, uh, let's just remember that uh, we want to donate it in a condition that uh, that we would want to receive it. Well, you we also want to check now with our uh, good friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. How would you like to be forced to fund someone else's politics that you didn't agree with? Well, the Washington State Supreme Court did exactly that by ruling that a union has a right to require union dues from workers who have strong moral or religious objections to the political activity being funded. The court even ignored Washington law, which states that there must be annual permission given by workers before union dues can be used for political purposes. Well, the Pacific Justice Institute has filed an amicus brief urging the United States Supreme Court to restore a worker's right to be exempted from supporting objectionable political activity. This week, please pray for this very important case. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, Elaine, when I was in law enforcement and the fire service, I did not know that. You know, I did not know. I I saw unions, you know, supporting stuff that I just didn't flat out agree with. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, this is just what you have to do. You don't. California law says that if if you don't like what your dues are being uh, used for, that you do have some some, uh, uh, legal redress there. So all the more reason to... uh, Support the Pacific Justice Institute, not only with your prayers, but financially as well. Again, you can call them at one 9129 That's 1-888-305-9129, or their excellent website is www.pacificjustice.org. I never know how you can remember that phone number without writing it down. It just amazes me. Well, maybe it was wrong. I don't know. So <laughs> That's why you'll have to We'll find out. Dial those cards and letters find coming out. No, that's, that's right. Right. <laughs> right now, we're going to take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United, United Way's Lend a Hand list. And, you know, we talked about this last week, Mike, and it bears repeating. The YMCA's uh, of, the United, of the Stanislaw County's uh, 
the play in your day, YMCA's Healthy Kids Day. This happens on Saturday, April 14th from 9 to 1. And we talked about this. I love the YMCA. And if you come down there, I, I go there maybe three times a week. And you can check me out on the treadmill and some of the various other machines. And it, it's lots of fun. Now, you, you are on top of the treadmill, I, right? As, as, as opposed to underneath, underneath it. it. But they have Just a lot checking. of neat things And those going. Big, big ball things, too, yeah, yeah, that you don't want to get run over there. by no, one of those. No, we don't That's not even good. want to go no. there. But uh, this I hate is it a, when that happens. I hate that, too. Where were you going? Were you trying to do something trying to go there. This is a free, family-friendly event that they're putting on with many train rides and exciting events. Awesome. It's a community information and fair day for the kids. Building healthy kids and families is what this is all about. And they need volunteers before <coughs> and after the event to put goodie bags together. And they're going to be passing out free event T-shirts and all kinds of things. So this is a great thing. Plus, that you can go by and say hi to our great friend and brother, Steve Smith. Yeah, great man. thing. YMCA, where they are putting uh, building healthy bodies and minds and spirits for all. And it's just a great, great way for you to volunteer. Also, uh, the Modesto Police Department, more great friends there where you can make Modesto a safer place to live. And volunteers are needed to help adults with kindness. We talked to Mm -hmm. some of the people from the Hawk program the other day as they were here for the ABC luncheon. It's a program to provide reassurance and support to seniors in their own homes. They also have the VIPs. That's uh, the Volunteers in Police Service. And they also have the TIPS. The VIPs and the TIPS. The, the, the is tips. there a test on this? <laughs> there is just... the Truancy Intervention Program. That's the TIPS. And I, you got to be real careful with this. Now, if you'd like an application for either of these services, you can let us know because we can do that here at ABC. All volunteers must be 18 years or older and pass a detailed uh, background in- investigation. And I think our, our, our good friend Al might want to uh, get involved in this. But this is a, another great <laughs> way. Was it? Yeah, Al's yeah, not an old <laughs> enough. Mentally, that is anyway. Huh? This is a a great way to reach out and meet people and once again uh, form those relationships. And the Hawks program is just an excellent way to touch people's lives that uh, people who, quite frankly, uh, can't get out of their homes and, and they don't have people to come in and talk to and just a, a great way to meet people. And You know, the other aspect of this, Elaine, uh, through the volunteers, is you would be absolutely amazed at how much money that volunteering saves the government. Absolutely. I mean, when you bring officers off of patrol or you bring staff to accomplish some of these things, there's a significant price tag when the community comes together and volunteers to do that. Not only from the faith-based community does that speak volumes to the police department, but also it benefits community in, in cutting a lot of costs and providing even more services. Right. So it's a very worthwhile endeavor. Indeed. And, you know, the Stanislaw Literacy Center, uh, you know, we talk about teaching people to read. Well, this is a, a, a different thing they're doing. Share your love of numbers with adult students. Volunteer math tutors are needed right now to assist students one-on-one in small groups or in a lab setting with basic mathematics, word problems, percentages. At a learning center in Modesto, now interested people should understand basic math through geometry and volunteers can also help students prepare for the GED exam with grammar and essay assistance. Flexible shifts are available between 9 and 6 p.m. with the highest need from 9 in the morning until 11 and again at 1 uh, to 3 in the afternoon. The Stanislaw (coughs) Literacy Center provides free literacy and GED preparation uh, services for adults who need to improve 
their basic academic skills and provides free literacy and GED preparation services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills. Word problems? Oh, Did word you say problem. word problems? Word problems. Oh, and, and, you know, and man, I know this is tough a for... killer. It, it, Did you, were you guys good at word... Are you guys good at word problems? Jimmy uh, and I'm, get, I'm getting a, a no and kind of a uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had... My, my kids come home. Hey, Dad, can you help me with the word problem? You know, I, I think I'd, I'd rather eat mosquitoes, you know, than, <laughs> than do word problems. But, you know, there are some of you out there who can do the word problems, and this is a great opportunity for you there. It is a terrific opportunity uh, to impact a life doing the math one at a time, and this is a great way to volunteer. So if you would like to do this as opposed to eat mosquitoes, and I think that would be <laughs> much preferred, then call our great friend Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. That's 209-5-mosquitoes, <laughs> 524-1307, extension 113. Protein. So <laughs> I'd rather eat yogurt, okay? <laughs> I'd rather eat mosquitoes than yogurt. Right. That and word problems. So now that we've totally grossed everyone out, <laughs> and what a great listening. introduction for our <laughs> friends tonight. Well, you know, our friends, I don't think they eat mosquitoes at all, but I do know that they impact. Not on purpose. Not probably, on purpose, yeah. but I do know. Uh, Mike, that they impact lives, uh, sometimes one at a time, and we are so glad that they joined us back again. We want to welcome back Jimmy Sestar, and um, and also joining us for the first time tonight is John Rosenbaum from YWAM, Youth yeah. with a Mission. And we John's going man with his ma- eating mosquito and stuff. I don't know if I'm what, coming back or not. He's going to ask <laughs> Jimmy, what did you <laughs> get me into? Here. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having us. Well, we uh, we know that there was four to a team, but uh, we kind of the Lord, you know, kind of changes our plans sometimes, and sometimes we just have car troubles and things change. But uh, we're glad that you guys are here, and uh, uh, youth with a mission. And when we we say that, it's not mission impossible. So, Jimmy, we want you to first of all catch us up on, on what you've been doing and tell our listeners uh, what youth with a mission is. Catch us up a little bit. All right. Uh, I hope it's okay that I have ingested mosquitoes. <laughs> really? On purpose? N- not, on purpose not on purpose. But I think I got uh, West Nile virus from it, actually. Did you Seriously? really? Is That's that right? just a long, drawn-out story. It's okay. not worth telling. But, yes. Well, fine. Now you got our interest. <laughs> no, go ahead. I got really, really sick a couple days Is after. Is right? Really? And uh, they didn't know what it was and didn't want to go through all the testing and just sent me home with some really powerful stuff, and I got better. And so. a lot of prayer. Yeah, we are so glad you're back. Amen. Well, thank you. Um, they don't really have a taste to them, mosquitoes. Unless you put chocolate on them, right? Right. <laughs> but then it's so small; it's hardly worth the yes. effort, right? Yeah, the grasshopper was more crunchy. Grasshoppers, they're a little more crunchy. This wasn't going to be an overseas mission. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but Jimmy's got a story to tell. I think. So Youth with a Mission is, uh, last I heard, the largest global um, missions organization in the world. Um, and uh, there are bases all over the world. We are a Modesto branch of uh, the Modesto branch of Youth with a Mission. Uh, the closest one to us would be San Francisco, mm. and then, Fre- uh, not Fresno, I'm sorry, there isn't one in Fresno. Uh, Sacramento is just starting a new base, wow. and then uh, probably Pismo Beach. And Bishop, California. Bishop. Bishop is about four and a half. Just east of the Sierra Nevada. Five hours. 
So, yeah, and Youth with a Mission has a, a lot of different. Uh, every base has um, a focus that um, parallels with other ones, but uh, some teach schools. Uh, some of them are only mercy uh, ministry uh, focused. Uh, the, the, every base is different, mm. but have the same values that we follow after. And a great history, mm-hmm. too. You know I mean, yeah. you, you go back through the history of youth YWAM, and I'll tell you, God has just used this organization and, and uh, the men and women who have been uh, tapped just in an incredible way to bring the gospel to the entire world. So how do you translate that to this uh, Central Valley venue? What's, uh, what's God really put on your hearts, and what direction has he given you here in the, the Modesto area? I'd say that the, uh, the main focus here is to outreach to um, build a relationship with, with our friends down on South 9th Street, like the lonely and the broken and the, yeah. those who can't help themselves or at least don't know how to. Um, I was actually a kind of a product of the YWAM team here um, and just the friendship, the relationship that, uh, that they build through their relationship with Christ. How long have you been apart, John? Um, I've just actually finished my DTS, my discipleship training school, uh, just about a month and a half ago. Oh, cool. Um, but I was working part-time with these guys before that for seven months. Um, before that, though, I was lonely, broken, depressed. I mm-hmm. uh, was a tweaker. I was on crystal meth, mm-hmm. um, just running from God, running from life. I was actually this close to moving down to San Bernardino to uh, sell math with my friend. Wow. Um, but then this guy cared enough about me to uh, to get into my life, to let me pour out my heart to him and just, you know, open his life to me and then cared to get into my life and uh, just showed Christ to me. That authenticity is so important, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, beyond kind of hit-and-run evangelism, but somebody that you felt, I think you used the word, you cared about you, you know, genuinely. What what let you know that uh, that Jimmy and, and some of these other reps from uh, Jesus Christ uh, were, were not just looking for another notch in their spiritual gun, but they really, really cared about you as an individual? Uh, you know, I was raised in uh, going to Christian school my whole life, and the same people who would harp on me for not being a believer were the same people who would buy test answers off of me. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> so there was just a lot of hypocrisy. And in my ideas, they wouldn't even like care to listen to my ideas or like what I thought about it. It was just believe this or you're an idiot. Mm. So, um, But Jimmy and the guys knew my situation. I'd known them for a couple weeks. And uh, they knew that I was down and out on drugs, running from God. And, uh, you know, they didn't, like, push me off or judge me because of that. They just cared to get to know me, ask me questions, like, you know, who I was and what I thought and what I cared about. And through that, I finally had a venue to pour my heart out, you know. Um, I finally found somebody that exemplified what Christ, you know, Christ died for our sins because he loved us so much. That's right. But from the believers that I've interacted with, I never 
felt that kind of love, mm. you know. But mm. someone who cared enough to die for me would be someone I'd think who cared enough to get to know me. Yeah. And that's what these guys did. I think yeah. that's so key. They cared enough to get to know you. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, as uh, as you saw John out here, what went through your mind as you uh, began to interact with him? What what? I mean, you you had to kind of see him through God's eyes, right? Yes. Um, it's funny. Uh, Chris and I had a conversation in the van the first day that John came out with us. He stepped outside the van for a few minutes, and I was like, "Oh man, what are we gonna do?" Because <laughs> John seemed uh, he was just a normal guy. You know, he he's we just wanted to open our lives to him and get to know him, and not not try to set goals for John or what we thought he should do or uh, or be. Um, and I think. More than just um, a blanket statement saying well, we need to be Christ to people, we we need to understand what that actually means. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, we can't be afraid to be good humans mm-hmm. as well as Christians. Uh, and if you know that could be misunderstood, but um, John. Is a human being like myself, and every human being needs to uh, to be heard and uh, treated with dignity and respect and love. And um, I just wanted to get to know John and be his friend, and uh, not assume that I knew where he was at and where he should go. So, just like with anyone, and just like myself, um, I want to be heard. You know, I want to be understood. So, I guess that's the best way to answer that question. <laughs> John, uh, what what did um, what went on inside of you as as you began to uh, see the authenticity here? You developed, obviously probably developed some trust. You felt these guys uh, were real. Uh, what went on inside of you? What was God doing inside of you to to make some changes? Well, the whole reason I fell into all the drugs and stuff, I even found the Satanism and got pretty far out there, just all to uh, spit in God's face. Um, because I didn't know, like I knew his love in my head, but I didn't feel it in my heart, and I didn't feel it from from the people who I was expecting to give it to me, um, to share it with. Um, so I just, you know, 180 ran from God, and... Uh, I kept wanting to go back to him, but every time I would try to, it would just be too hard. It would be, you know, it would just be the same thing would come back in my mind. Like, why do you think you could do it now? You couldn't do it before. Mm. You know, it's going to be too hard. God's going to ask too much of you. It's, gonna, it's too scary. Just give up. So I bought those lies. Um, but when it got to the point of moving down to San Bernardino to uh, ship meth, like, my friend and I were going to pick up our guns, and, like, we were just going to start. <laughs> I don't want to kill people, <laughs> but I knew to get ahead in that business, you had to be willing to kill people. And so I thought, well, the only way to get past that idea is to numb myself and just kill people right off the bat. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was sitting at Dell and Pellendale. It's 10 o'clock at night, sitting in my car crying, just fighting with God. Like, mm. you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do, you know, I I want to live for you, but I don't know how. And, and then he finally like broke me with like, "You don't want to kill people. Come on, man. What is that? 
You know, you hate what these drugs are doing in your life. Why do you want to be the cause of that in someone else's and sell it? Mm. Come on, man. So finally I said, okay, okay, what do I do? Mm. He said, go to Jimmy. Go to Jimmy's house. 10 o'clock at night. And because um, over the couple of weeks that I knew him, he just, they're just little things that that built that trust, you know, um, complimenting me on, like, my mentality on a certain area or um, just encouraging me as a man of God when he had really no right to say that at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, God made that connection, like, established that connection between us. That way when he, I was finally willing to submit, okay, what do I do? Go to Jimmy. He yeah. earned your trust, didn't he? Yeah. He was a safe place for you to go to. Yeah. It was easy to talk to. And Jimmy was available. Yeah, right. that that's what really blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. As I was driving over there, like it's like it's ten o'clock at night, what's the deal? Yeah. But um you know, he's my favorite show that night. <laughs> I never told you that. <laughs> I never told you that, John. <laughs> I'll just bet on iTunes for you. <laughs> and I bet it really didn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, even his willingness, the fact that he opened his door and like, yeah. what's going on, man? Mm. Like he could see my pupils were his biggest quarters, you know, and <laughs> that I'd been crying, and he still like sat down and talked to me for for hours, you know. So, so the enemy was playing a lot of head games with you, right? Yeah. Trying to defeat you ahead of time and destroy you. Right? That's it. It is amazing how God's truth uh, comes through the little small voice, you know, not usually not a huge two by four, but it's that little small voice that that uh, that comes through. And and so important again, uh, Jimmy, for you to be available. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and it's very interesting as you're talking, you know, John. One of one of the you know, things that keeps us going is that many times we feel that the the church as a whole is so disconnected mm-hmm. from the community. I mean, it, it's there. There's a building there, mm-hmm. you know. But in terms of, you know, the, the demonstrated love of Christ, uh, being out of the community and, and people feeling that, you know, you mentioned some of the hypocrisy. Well, you know, you say you're this, but your walk doesn't reflect that in fact it's 180 degrees around you know is is, is a part of what uh, caused you to kind of go a, a, a different way and we have to be so we have to be so cognizant of that uh, one, one of the scriptures that we pull out a lot and remind uh, people of is in first uh, Peter uh, uh, chapter uh, chapter 2 verse 12 live such good lives among the pagans or the unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Man, people are watching all That's the time, right. aren't That's they? Right. And and you talked about being down on 9th Street, Jimmy. People who are really hurting yeah. also have a high sensitivity <clears throat> to whether you are a bunch of baloney or whether you're walking your talk, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, about a year ago, I was uh, not really having an argument with Chris, but we we were heatedly discussing something but we were in agreement with each other. We were both kind of frustrated about a situation. And uh, he said, you didn't come out here to work in a homeless ministry. You came out here to help us love each other. Mm. And that's what this is. We're, we're loving each other. And um, whether the person is a heroin addict, prostitute on 9th Street, or my four-year-old son, um, just uh, a month ago, he, he came in the middle of the night, woke me up. I was half awake half asleep, which is never 
a good place for me emotionally. <laughs> That's not a good thing. No, I'm not really accountable for my actions at that point. Um, and uh, I remember feeling like I'm sure everyone can relate to this in some way that like I was trying to pull out of this sleep to, to really figure out what was going on. And uh, he he was he was sick and he was wanting to get in bed with me. And, uh, you know, our bed isn't that big. And our 18-month-old was already between my <laughs> wife and I. Uh-oh. And I was like, no, no. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, be Christ to him. Mm. And that snapped me out of the slumber. And I was wide awake. And uh, it was really cool that that happened with him. Because, you know, I'm talking about being Christ to people on Ninth Street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it can appear really extreme and really romantic that this awesome thing that we're going down where things are really hard for people and people are in you know they're junkies down there and you know there are just people that have made choices or have had choices made for them and they're stuck um and i think i i without being sarcastic or you know it turning into this uh, funny setup that I then have to explain. I would love to answer the question, what is your job description with uh, our job is to never stop hoping. And it's it seems impossible some days, but we cannot stop hoping. And we have to keep going to people and loving them and uh, being real with them, honest with them. Amen. So. We can stop, not stop loving, and, and, and as you said, Jimmy was Christ with skin on to you, John, when you went to him that night, and Jesus was exactly that when I think of uh, how he treated the woman at the well when she came to him, and uh, the way that he interacted with her, uh, the way that he interacted with the disciples when he washed their feet, mm-hmm. um, the way that he interacted with the multitude of people. We think about the, the loaves and the fishes. He not only fed them physical food, but he nurtured them. Mm-hmm. What spiritual food everyone, not only the disciples, but the multitude walked away with that day. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah. He fed them. He loved them. And you, you're doing that. Mm-hmm very thing and lived out in real time i think it's another aspect of this too you know we we especially in the established you know people saw the organized church what do you want the disorganized church i don't know what does that mean <laughs> right. Organized but anyway right <laughs> we often um and, and 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 not in in a malicious way and i don't think in an intentional way but we make projects out of people yeah. you know we are so used to making yes. ministry a project it has a budget it has a timeline. It has, um, you know, measurable outcomes, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And, and we can make people a project. Yeah. And then uh, that kind of violate the spirit of what Christ asked us to do? Yes. We, I think, I don't know if it's Western Hemisphere thinking or, or what, or just human reasoning, that we want to make distinctions between our Christian life and our secular life. Mm. And there is no such distinction. Our, our life is service to others. Our life, every Christian is a minister. Amen. Every Christian, um, it, we, it is our life, our job, our hope 
to reconcile God to man. And that doesn't happen only by saying, hey, come to church on Sunday. However, thank God there are places to say that about. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Go there and be in fellowship with other believers. Walk hand in hand with somebody through life um, and live. Mm-hmm. Really, really live. Maybe for the first time ever and you're in your 50s, you'll find life, you know, for the first time. And Or if you're a high school kid that no one talks to in mm-hmm. school, you know. There's hope for everyone through relationship, real friendship with people. Amen. John said something uh, interesting while ago. He says, well, you know, show me, show me. And it's interesting because uh, we're going to join Jeremy Camp now because he, he says, uh, says, he asked the Lord, he says, show me what it means to live my life sacrifice. I might have fun. I've been here a thousand times before, face down on the floor, wondering how I this place again But you have shown so endlessly How your love pours over me No picture can Every 
Show me what it means on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our very special guest, guest Jimmy Sestar and John Rosenbaum from YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And we're on a mission tonight and so glad to have you guys with us. You know, just thinking during the song, uh, show me what it means. And I think, you know, it's probably a lifelong process uh, for him to show us what it means as we live out and walk out our Christian life. What does it mean uh, to live our life, uh, our lives, a a sacrifice? And, you know, do we have to have a committee meeting uh, about this (laughs) project, you know? Uh, Or does it have to be a a project to serve? Or do we have to make it? Jesus didn't make it a project. When he did something, he did it. You know, he just did it. I think he's the one who coined the Nike phrase, didn't he? Mike, you know, just do it. Um, He he went out and he did it. And I, I think, you know, that that perhaps we ought to think in, in those terms. And I understand that we have to have certain meetings on certain things and s- staff and, and all of that. But uh, in terms of going out and helping people, loving people, uh, Jimmy, like you guys do at YWAM, you just go out and you do it. I, I was just thinking recently, we have partnered with you guys, and we've <coughs> so loved doing that. Just recently over on the west side of Modesto, there was an extreme need, as we refer to it, for some food. And you guys, we called you guys, and we partnered with you on this need, and you guys were there, lickety-split, you guys were there and with some food and met an incredible uh, need that was there. I don't know, John, if you were in on that or not. I know that Chris and Aaron and Jimmy were there, and uh, it just gives you chills thinking about the need that was met and the lives that were truly impacted because of that. And we just appreciate you for that. You didn't have to have a meeting over it. You didn't have to talk about it. You just did it. Thank you for that. Let's pray about this first. Uh, I don't know if we should. No, you know, they, I mean, I'm sure the prayer went into that. We, we certainly gave God uh, thanks for that, but you just did it. Thank you for that. You know, and I think part of that is, you know, the, the, I mean, there is some wisdom to running a church with some business sense. I mean, you've, you know, you have to keep track of the dollars. You have to, you know, make reports. You have to be accountable. Uh, but on the other hand, I think we can, you know, get so far into the business plan thing, you know, where we choke God out of it. And uh, <clears throat> I think there's an incredible, uh, incredible balance there. Mm-hmm. One of you were talking earlier uh, uh, about the fact that I think it was you, Jimmy, that, that we're all ministers, and we are. You know, if you name the name of Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, you are an ambassador for Christ. You are a minister. Yeah. And one of the problems, I think, that, that we have in our Western culture is is we've really been inculcated uh, in saying, well, <clears throat> we'll hire the pro to do it. You know, you, you pastors, you, you, you dudes are, are, are paid for doing that. You know, that's not what I do. And I think, Jimmy, uh, you know, that, that comes back to your statement earlier that we compartmentalize, we put things in, in, in boxes, and Jesus really asks us, though, to integrate all of that, doesn't he? stuck in, in the way of thinking that we need to produce. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, if Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, we need to do that. Yeah. And there will be fruit. But we also have to be extremely patient. Yeah. Um, and I, I've actually had people say, well, ask me what kind of success we have. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, um, I was wanting to give an answer that had a number attached to it automatically. But, you know, success is doing what God said to do. Amen. And my mom always says, I think she got it from somebody else, I don't know. But if God tells you to raise the dead and you go do that, and then the next day God says, go fishing, and you do that, the reward is the same because you did what he said to do. That's great. And he is telling us to be consistent in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Know their names. Know their stories. Ask questions humbly. Seek to understand before we seek to be understood. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's uh, again go, going back to uh, James, uh, verse uh, or chapter four, verse ten. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and mm-hmm. He will lift you up. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, to uh, to be uh, effective for Christ, we we ha- we have to humble ourselves. We listened to the Voice of the Martyrs uh, here earlier today, and how many incredible people around the world are in just uh, conditions that would absolutely you know throw us off the edge, and yet. In that, they're humbling themselves, they're responding to the Lord, and, and God is doing amazing things through them. Uh, John, as, as you look at, at, at your life, talk to, talk to us a little bit about that process of humbling yourself before the Lord and what, what that means and then what, what you had to deal with to do that. Basically, my issue, I guess, was trying to do everything my own way, trying to figure it out for myself. Um, when God gave me this idea to do with my life, um, thinking, okay, now I'll go do that. But I didn't involve him in the situation. It's like, okay, this is my mandate. I'm going to go do that. Um, so I cut him out of it, so then I just cut myself off from life, and thus began the downward spiral. And every time I tried to come back, it was me doing it on my own effort, that's how come I was able to buy into that lie of it's not going to work out this time, just like last time, just give up. Because um, I, kept, I kept trying to do it. Um, but like, like I said, when I was sitting in that car, I got to that point where I was finally like, okay, God, what do I do? I'll go over to Jimmy's house. Mm-hmm. Like, when I got to the point of whatever you say goes, I'll do it. I've proven to myself that I can't live life on my own. Yeah. You know, it's taken me, took me about 22 years to figure that out. But um, you got to show me. Yeah. Yeah. And even now, like when I, when I try to do that, I just one way or another blows up in my face. You know, like. But of course, it's just God, like, giving me that little rap on the hand or whatever to like, come on, wrong perspective, come back. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a lot lot easier now that I'm walking the path in general. The. uh, Rap on the hand doesn't have to be quite as severe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good lesson to learn, though. I don't, I don't know that I'm all no kidding. I don't know that I'm there yet. <laughs> Not into pain, huh, John? No. <laughs> Jimmy, as, as we're uh, looking at uh, all of this and, and trying to encourage people to, uh, you know, to break out of the norm, to, to push the envelope a little bit, to humble themselves, to, to risk you know, for Christ to, to be able to allow God really to work through us and in a powerful way. Let, let's turn that, that question to you. What, what, what does it mean in your life to humble yourself before the Lord and allow him to, uh, to really take over? <laughs> well, specifically, um, sometimes shutting my mouth. 
Mm. Uh, because I think I have the answer. Um, asking questions. Um, saying I'm sorry. Asking forgiveness. Mm. Um, sometimes humility looks like saying what I believe I'm supposed to say because I've embraced the truth that I will have to say I was wrong mm. instead of not saying something to avoid that altogether. Um, but as far as touching the poor and already saying the poor mm. can cause division between or or at least a mentality that is wrong that it's us and them yeah. Yeah. Um, cannot be oh we have the answer this is the way to do it and why is nobody else doing this mm -hmm. uh, we cannot have that attitude um, we have to hope whether <clears throat> it's hoping for a different perspective for a man that lives in the richest neighborhood in town or for the heroin addict or meth addict on Ninth Street to be delivered from addiction. Mm -hmm. um, those things happen by us doing justice, loving mercy, yeah. and walking humbly with our God. And every day, walking humbly with my God means the same thing, but in different ways, yeah. depending Amen. on what situation I'm in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. John, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, there, there's got to be moms and dads who are, who are listening to this. And let's, let's talk a little bit about um, the meth issue today and uh, what, what moms and dads need to know in terms of responding, recognizing things, and, and how to respond in a way that's constructive versus destructive or even pushing, pe pushing uh, kids away. Um, I would say that, uh, my belief is from my own experience and just observing other families is if someone's like already pretty far into it, it can't be family to bring them back mm -hmm. no matter how much you want to want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like looking back, my parents did all the right things. You know, they, mm -hmm. they tried they tried to get me to talk to them to find out what was going on in my head and my heart. They tried to do the things that made sense to them. And in reality, like, they did make sense, you know. Uh, they tried to connect me with people. Like, I got connected with Chris and Jimmy because my dad had met Chris previously and knew his ministry. Mm -hmm. And so my dad, they did everything that they could. They, they tried to care. They did care. They tried to understand. I didn't give them anything. Uh, they got me connected with people. They gave me freedom. Like when I said I just need to be alone, like I can't talk about this or whatever, they would do that. Right. You know, I'd come home after a five-day run, and I'd just come home and crash. You know, mm -hmm. they'd, they'd let me sleep on the couch or the bed. You know, they'd give me food. Um, I don't know. Just care, care before it gets that problem to that far. Like, do you do you feel that you, that your folks loved you through the process? That there was an unconditional love there. 
definitely. Yeah. That's a good At point. the time, I would have denied it. Sure. Uh, but beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I- interesting that you mentioned it, it may have to be and probably will be an outside influence that will make the difference and that the parent's job really is, is to provide that agape love, you know, that, that unconditional love, no matter what happens, uh, we're still there for you. And, and, and again, you may deny it, and, and they may not feel that you're acknowledging it, and, and yet that is so important there. But, but God may use a Jimmy uh, in, in, in your life to, uh, to really make that change. And, and that, that's a hard thing to do on the part of a parent, yeah. you know, because you, you want to fix it for your kid, but it's, that's, that's not always the way it's going to happen, that's is it? That's right. We yeah. appreciate your insight on that because we live in an area where meth is widely used. Definitely. We've got lots more with Jimmy and John and YWAM Youth with a Mission right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. ABC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. ABC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers 
were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you live, Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Jimmy, and John with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. You guys have an incredible website, too. I was checking it out. You're in 149 countries. And uh, see, I was checking out the website, and it said that you guys were, um, uh, your passion is to know God and to make him known. I like that. And uh, uh, Jimmy, you guys have traveled, and I know you are. Are you world-traveled? Yes. Yes. We uh, actually just went to Thailand mm. last June, a uh, team of seven, I think it was. Um, I went the first 12 days, and uh, Aaron went for 21 days with uh, the rest of the group. And um, Chris was there the last leg of it, because we both have families, and three weeks was a bit much last summer. You guys are busy. But, uh, wow. yeah, 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 it was great. We want to go back. Um, what... what really drew us there at first was the um, the stories we heard about children that are taken from Mm. uh, poor families and mostly hill tribes and uh, forced into a life of prostitution. It's a uh, $2.8 billion a year industry. It's happening a lot. It is happening a lot. Um, When we got there, though, we ended up building a library for children at a Christian school, and um, which was great. And then we, we prayed about what to do there. And we all just felt like God was saying, be Christians here. Mm. So we do things in Modesto. Why not try to do those in Thailand? Mm. Mm. So they um, got little grocery bags and filled up those filled those up with uh, like a shampoo and conditioner, nail polish, and just things that the, the uh, working girls don't really get. And uh, went into some of the the bars where um, where they do their work, and just gave them away and and blessed them. And of course, we had women with us. It wouldn't be wise for just the men to go, right? Because right. it's it's so ingrained in their culture to um, that that especially foreign men just want uh, sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but r- girls ranging from uh, you know twelve, fourteen up to uh, the mid-20s. Mm. Just heartbreaking, mm. heartbreaking. So but uh, we so want to continue sad. that work there. But they enjoyed the blessing of what oh, you took. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. And you guys shared the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Good deal. I actually missed out on a lot of that. That that didn't happen uh, so much until I left. But when I was there, we did go, uh, for lack of a better term, bar hopping, uh, just to hang out with people and get to know them. And uh, that was really special. It... it uh, it's really weird to meet people with a, a completely different expectation than what you're there to present. Mm. And, uh, but it was very life-giving. 
What predominantly, what, what uh, um, religious culture did you encounter uh, by and large? Mostly Buddhism. Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some Hindu, um, quite a few Christians that we met, um, but mostly Buddhism. There are temples just about everywhere you turn. Was the language a barrier for you guys? Uh, it was fun. Uh, we learned a bit, you know, just get by type language. Uh, I had to find some steel wool to plug up rat holes for the orphanage we worked with. And that was a trip, trying to find that. Uh, I actually had to act like a lamb and then point to steel. And they finally got it. So oh, I was going, that? Yeah, it was really steel fun. Steel wool. I yeah. love it. But I found it, finally. But it took me about three hours walking around. Trying to find it. Well, as long as you exactly didn't eat any mosquitoes, a... I was. No, but I did. I did eat a grasshopper there. You did. And chewed on something that okay. I still don't know for sure if I've ever done drugs or not because I don't know what it was. Some old lady in a hill tribe gave it to me, and I chewed on it. Spun around for a half hour. So I don't really know what it was. Well, you lived to tell about it. I yeah, mean, I did. And you remembered it. And I'm not addicted. No. That's a good thing, John. You didn't make that trip, huh? No. Nah, <laughs> Literally. <yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> so what's next for you? Uh, right now, I'm in the process of going full-time with these guys. Awesome. Uh, I was part-time before I went to the DTS, and now mm-hmm. that I've actually, I'm officially a part of YWAM, I can go full-time. Uh, I just got to phase that into my life mm-hmm. um, and phase working a regular job out. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the general plan. All right. See where that goes. Just very quickly, what type of time commitment did you have with the uh, DTS? DTS was six months. Right. It was three months of school and two and a half months uh, in another country practicing what we just learned. Amen. So. Amen. Worth going through. Definitely. Awesome. Life-changing experience. Amen to that. You know, we're so glad. We just rejoice, uh, John, in what God has, has done in your life and and uh, just just hope and pray that uh, you continue. And I know he's going to do Thanks. wonderful things with you and YWAM. Now, Jimmy, you were saying that Chris is teaching somewhere this week. Where's he at? Chris is in Winterpeg, Manasnoba. Whoa. He's up in Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, it's snowing like crazy. Uh, he's, he's teaching a, a discipleship training school uh, course for the week. And Aaron is down in San Miguel Mission with the Franciscans. And his car broke down. So, um, but in honor of Aaron, could I share a quote that he has recently come up with that yes. we all push him to, to share? Uh, we are in the business of hoping for and with people. Mm. And he just in passing one day said this, and we said, oh, write that down. And it was, to, to suffer alone is to despair, mm. but to suffer with a friend is to hope. Wow. Amen. Wow. He's going to be famous mm. one day. I like that. <laughs> I like That's that, great. too. The time is, is quickly getting away from us. But uh, Jimmy and, and John, how, how can we pray for you guys uh, until we meet again? Because I know I want to have you back again. Because uh, when Chris gets back and, and Aaron gets back, we want to have you guys back. 
How can we pray for you very quickly? The Holy Spirit would be all over the work we're doing in, in the individual hearts of the people that we touch. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, consistency in our walk and also my transition into going full-time. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much for being with us this week. God bless you. God bless you. We'll Thanks for having us. Come back and, and see us again. Thank you, dear friends, for listening wherever you happen to be. Come back and join us again next week when our guest will be Jim Stewart with the Healthy Marriage Coalition. Come back and join us. We'll be here at 5 o'clock as broadcast time. And uh, have a great week. Until then, may God continue to bless you.